It is inevitable that there are more demands on your time than you can realistically handle. You mean your business projects and family schedules are kind of like mine? (laughs) Yeah, you can either complain about it or accept it and move on. And that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. So sometimes there's just no time to make a cocktail. So here's what you do. You grab the bottle of bourbon whiskey that you used last time. Yeah. And you pour it over some ice into a pretty glass. And see how fast you drink it. (laughs) Yeah, so we're just whiskey on the rocks this time around. It's the Calumet, which we had with our last episode, because sometimes you're just too busy to explore, and also because this is a really good bourbon whiskey. Yeah, and actually you shouldn't drink it that fast, because it's actually so good that you ought to appreciate it. Well, it depends. Are we, like, sipping it as we go, or are you just slamming it at the end of a busy day? Like, slamming it before bed or (laughs) sipping it while you're trying to get, you know, emails done. Whatever works for you, dear listener. Yes, Cheers to you. <laughs> but seriously, like, could we all just put up our hands real quick? Everybody who's listening, put up your hand and say, I promise to stop using busy as a badge of honor. Because here's the deal. When people say, how are you? Busy is not a feeling. It is not a feeling. Yeah. And, and it's not that we don't have any sympathy for you. We're feeling it, too. But then, like, let's stop using up all the oxygen in the room talking about how busy we are because it's all the same. Well, and the way we sort of framed this is, if I say I'm busy, does that mean that you're not? Right. Right. So it's just such a weird thing to say. I almost wonder, too, like when you're talking about how busy you are with your nearest and dearest, are you just putting up a wall so that you don't have to talk about what's underneath it? What's underneath busy? You don't have to connect with what's underneath busy? That's true. it's ugly. Well, and we've gotten to the point where my mother leaves me a voicemail that says, I know you're busy, but... Which means that I haven't made enough time for the things that are important because I'm too busy doing whatever else. So I, I like your idea of removing this from our vocabulary. It's I think we go. should. I think we should just as a as a society just accept it because busy is as overused as any other word. We have lots of creative words at our disposal, and and it doesn't mean that it's not true, right? Right. It is so true for all of us. But the deal is, is that we did it to ourselves. That's true. Our plate is so full because we went to the buffet and added all the things. <laughs> we did, or we didn't know what to. We didn't know what what we couldn't add. We we were filled with indecision, so we said yes to everything. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, and are you talking about the buffet still? Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> what if I missed the potatoes and they were delicious? Right, the fried thing looks delicious, and then a dip. Mm. The worst is the Indian buffet because all oh, of that is delicious. It's amazing. It's like I won't eat the rice. I'll just eat all of the rice. <laughs> Which is kind of like skipping the exercise. I don't know. For sure. Maybe not. Yeah. The challenge, though, and why we're talking about the inevitability of busy, for me, this is a hectic season for our family. Mm -hmm. And for every family of children and business owners and... Involved citizens. And 40-something on the planet. We're all all very filled with things that we could do at this time. You're you're being very cautious using that word already. Congratulations. And we know better, right? Every single one of us knows better. Mm -hmm. So we try to schedule things realistically and attainably, but there's always backfill. Yeah. Always something that comes up. I know you know there's something on a Thursday night six weeks from now on your schedule. Oh, I guarantee there's probably two or three competing things already. Right. So <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I'll tell you. The, the challenge is, you know, you, you schedule something six weeks away, and your schedule looks wide open and clear. 
but then something else comes up and a work deadline changes and I have teenagers and they don't tell you anything, right? So, right. so for example, I was supposed to go to a um, rehearsal dinner on Friday for a friend who is getting married and it turns out it's senior night at band so I have to be there with my senior. So my choice is fulfill my obligation with a thing I would love to do at, at the wedding rehearsal mm-hmm. or go parent my senior in high school. Yeah. Both only happen once. O- only happen once. Both are 100% valid. Yeah. And who I can't be two places. And who won't forgive you? <laughs> my friend will forgive me. My teenager will remember, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, you you don't want to risk that, right? But that's not really what this is about, yeah. uh, about, about guilt and forgiveness. But it is. <laughs> it is. Guilt has such a undercurrent in the busy. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you and I have actually, you and I have texted like, hey, the networking thing, do you want to go together? Sure. And then the day happens, and regardless of when we've scheduled it or how far in advance, and it's like, I have a thing, I can only go for 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I can only go for the second 20 minutes, not the first 20 minutes, maybe we should bag it. Then we bag it. Then we bag it. Speaking of, there's one in a couple of weeks that I can't decide if I'm going to, so we need to go through that text exchange <laughs> so we can pretend we're going and then really not go. <laughs> But we should go. We should go. But yeah. we're busy. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the backfill. That's the, that's the problem, I think, because we all have great intentions. Sometimes it's backfill for me, but the um, I don't know if it's because we're coming up on the season, but the the metaphor that I've used a couple times in the last couple weeks is the snow plow. It's like just push through because the plow is pushing all the other things in your future. So handle some things today. Handle some things now. I feel like this giant snowplow is coming at me and I'm going to get rolled into the crust of the snow stuff. Not that I'm stressed out. Not that you're stressed out, no. The other one that's great is when you already have 20 things on your calendar and you try to squeeze in another one, but you can't even click on your calendar in a space to make a new to make a new entry because there are too many entries and there are no empty spaces to click. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So we're all talking about that, that kind of scheduling conflict, which I'm sure our listeners have, have been there before. Yeah. Well, and you, we, we've talked about it recently, but we, I shifted our after-school care from school-based to home-based this year, and it is lightening up the load quite a bit. And even if it's um, a bigger investment on our end, it is lightening up the emotional load for my son, which he just really needs the space to not feel like everything is all jammed in the same 90 minutes every night. So it is, he's enjoying it a lot more. But then I'm now realizing like, she could take him to the dentist. Like I'll meet her at the dentist and pick him up. Yeah. Oh, I've done that. That's an extra hour in my day. Where someone does the driving and I meet them at the dentist. Oh, I've for sure been there because the dentist, you need to be there for the dentist. Um, And I do enjoy driving my children around actually. But <laughs> you do not. <laughs> no. When you drive them, that's when you get nuggets. Yeah, that's true. And I have one who just talks a lot when in the car, and that is the place to figure out what's going on in his life. However, other people can do that driving, too. So I have, I've been there. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's just like a new day for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> anytime I can buy an hour, right. I feel like it's like better than a lottery ticket to me. It is better. Oh, gosh. You can buy an hour. Yeah. Nice. That's how Beyonce does it. <laughs> she employs a lot of people. I was going to say, hours. we don't make the same amount per hour No, Beyonce. that's true. Not even combined, not even close. So, so, that, so, so, you know, me being able to buy an hour from somewhere, or maybe I'm stealing an hour, I'm not sure. I'm certainly paying for that hour somewhere. Um, that's a tactic that I'm using. What other tactics do you use to avoid 
the the B word. Yeah, um, there's a couple of them. So the the tactic I'm I'm fond of right now is booking massive do not book times. Like I'll take a four hour chunk of my schedule and just write do not book, so that I don't get any meetings. Inevitably, something will come up, and pretty much one meeting gets through the filter every time. But that's better than four meetings getting through the filter. You yeah. know what I mean? So. And sometimes I'll do those randomly, or sometimes I'll do that because something weird might be happening and I want to make sure I can accommodate it. I've learned to do that, too. I, I create a little buffer time for me. If I've either been traveling or I've been on location for a day, I usually do the 9 to 12 the next morning as, like, a do not touch. And that's my buffer because inevitably I haven't attended to my email the way I would if I were at my desk. Or I know somebody's, you know, I know somebody's taken a phone call and said, Karen will take care of that and call you right back tomorrow morning. So there's always that space. And and it's not perfect and it doesn't work out every time, but that's the goal. Yeah, I have a goal, especially after a new client intake meeting or a very productive client meeting. There's always things. There are to-dos and ideas and piles of things that come out of a productive meeting. And if you can schedule the time immediately following that meeting to attend to getting your notes down and writing out your thoughts and figuring out what those next steps are and scheduling what you need to schedule. If you can do it right away when your mind is fresh, you feel very powerful and it's also one less thing you have to carry around with you. Yeah. So, so when when I can, I do that and it, and it feels great. It feels very put together. Yeah. No, that's a fabulous one. What Do you have any tactics that you use in your personal life? Because that's not as fancy as a shared calendar and like... Oh, oh, we have a shared calendar at well, home. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. We do. But, you know, the people at your office aren't booking your personal stuff. You know, so like how are you managing it well, differently? It, it's interesting you say that because Spencer, my 10-year-old, he came home yesterday with a flyer for something that's happening that he wants to go to, but it happens on a day that he is already scheduled. And we had to have this conversation about, I know you want to go do that thing, but the other thing that you have committed to is already happening that day, so you need to make a choice. And watching his little body fall, he was sad that he couldn't do both things, that he maybe couldn't do this new thing that had come up Mm -hmm. because he'd already made a commitment. Oh, it was a heartbreaking little moment for a 10-year-old, you know? Yeah. But So I don't – at home, I we're just passing the hot potato. <laughs> I didn't really answer your question. I don't have a tactic. You 100% did not answer my question. <laughs> and that tells me – I'm doing a terrible job at it. No, that tells me just how real and oppressive it is. <laughs> you know, because all I have is a to-do list. Every sure. – you know, every – Every Saturday morning, I wake up, I make, or often on Friday night, I make the list for the weekend, the non-negotiables, the absolutely have-tos. I do have a separate to-do list. It's it's also on paper that is long-range projects. So it's, but before the end of the summer, we will accomplish this. Before the snow flies, we will accomplish this. And um, and it's often a list. So it's bigger projects like, hey, get the masonry fixed on the outside of the house. Or it's 15-minute projects. Mm-hmm. So I like my 15-minute projects. It's like the cleaning out the sock drawer or the freshening of the pantry or the rearranging of the thing. You know, it's like, what can I do in 15 minutes and only have to do 15 minutes of? And then it's a thing that's done and it feels new and fresh. That's true. I have taken a tactic of do five minutes of something. So if I have a loose time frame, we have to leave the house in 15 minutes, I'm ready, I'm waiting for someone else. I find what the next project is and just hit, hit it for five minutes. And so constantly chiseling away at the things that we need to do, because if I wait until I have the appropriate amount of time, 
<laughs> I never have the appropriate amount of time. Right. So we do a lot of chiseling away and brushing it off as we go, and that tends to work for us. That's awesome. I want to ask you, though, about your list. Do you make the list, or do you and Kevin make the list together? We often make it in tandem, and sometimes it doesn't happen, but we really we have a clipboard, and we have a like a like one of those free printables that's kind of pretty and cute in his lines <laughs> and it like the one that's for the house the big things we walk around the house once a year and it's or once a see mm, one twice a year we walk around the house twice a year outside and inside and we just write down the things that absolutely have to get done so it's not just the, the maintenance stuff that absolutely has to get done but like hey wouldn't it be nice if so we know we have to repair the masonry but we also ought to repaint the mailbox because it's got some rust on it. I got to get that off and get it sealed up for the winter. That's an easy project to do if you got the paint already. Yeah, that's true. Part of it maybe is looking at, and I think the difference there is you've intentionally decided this is going to take up your time rather than something that eked in and stole your time. And it's a, it's also, it also serves the purpose of, are we doing this or are we making a phone call? Right. Because sometimes there's a distinction there when it comes to time. And when you get everything on the list, you can look at that and go, there is no way on God's green earth we're getting this done this season. Yeah. So what's going to give? Yeah. Or where are we going to make a phone call? Yeah. So part of avoiding busy is making intentional decisions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about, um, you know, trading money for time, services for time in the past. But, I mean, that, that is kind of the, the deal. Like, oh, well, I don't have to hire the thing because we have the skill. But this other thing, I would rather not do, and I'd rather make a phone call. That's and just making that choice. I'm still so busy. <laughs> you know, I have to get, we have to wrap this up because you have a dinner to go to, oh, and I have a party to throw at my house, <laughs> like, in an hour. So we, we, uh, we have to move on to the next thing on the calendar. Is yeah, that what you're saying? I have to actually, I am not kidding. This is not a convention for the podcast. I got to get moving and pick up the kids because I have 20 people coming to my house in an hour. No big deal. Yeah, Easy. but you also have a dinner. That's true. I have a client get dinner to go to. We've got an hour drive ahead of us, and I have to put look put together in my heels and my lipstick. So we'll and, get... you have, and you have to fix that heel that looks kind of funny. I do. <laughs> I have to fix my shoe. <laughs> All right. Oh, how did you like this uh, Calumet 10-year barrel-aged Kentucky bourbon whiskey? You know what? I think Kentucky's figured it out, to tell you the truth. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's true. It's so good, that bourbon trail. It is so lovely. So, um Listeners, that's what you do on a busy day, which we will now call a hectic schedule. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Easy Underground or on our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. Well, I know you have an event to get to, but and because you're also looking incredibly lovely in your little black dress. Um, but when I have an event and need something to wear, I never know if I should go with a classic or just jump into something fun and trendy. Do you feel that way? Well, yeah, it depends on the event. It's not that different in our jobs either. Knowing when to be on trend with creative or knowing when to stick with a classic, that's when you'll win. You got it. That's what we're talking about next time. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.